This is Deep Dive. I'm Su Yi. Rishi Sunak, the UK's third prime minister this year, is making the economy his policy priority. When facing questions in Parliament, well, Mr. Speaker, I have been honest. We will have to take difficult decisions to restore economic stability. And, and in his first speech as the country's prime minister, I will place economic stability and confidence at the heart. Of this government's He vowed to reverse the economic chaos left by his predecessor Liz Truss. This episode is brought to you on Thursday, October 27th. How is the UK handling the swift change of leaders? I have my colleague Jamie Owen in London to tell us the full story as it's unfolded so far. Hello, Jamie. Suyi, how are you? Greetings from London. Lovely to talk to you. I mean that the past few months are quite eventful for the UK. And personally, how do you feel、uh, seeing your country experience all this political and economic turmoil? Well, I think it's easy to see it um, as um, a, a turmoil of the last few days. The truth is,、um, the UK has been in a, a period of political and economic turmoil for、uh, much longer than that. Uh, it goes back a long time, and in a sense, the theatre、uh, of the last few days is symptomatic of a, a longer-running story.、Uh, I think that after 12 years of being in power, many Conservative、um, members of Parliament in the UK would simply tell you、um, that this government is intellectually exhausted and divided by a number of、um, unbridgeable factions. It's overseen. Brexit, the UK's withdrawal from the EU,、uh, arguably one of the most divisive moves in British politics in、uh, in recent times, and Brexit divided the country at large. It divided the Conservative Party too between Leavers and and Remainers. Boris Johnson was the was the cheerleader for Brexit,、uh, who won a substantial parliamentary election for the Conservatives just a few short years ago. And I guess, in answer to your question, these have been obviously crowded days, but they've been crowded years、um, for the government in the UK. Like many governments around the world,、uh, overseeing a, a global pandemic, which obviously tests all administrations wherever they are, whether it's London, Washington, or Beijing.、Mm. In the UK, Boris Johnson's government、um, was essentially forced out by what his critics would, would say was his government's. Instituting of strict lockdowns on the population, while Downing Street was said to be partying, and the hypocrisy was too much to stay in office. And Boris Johnson、uh, was arguably a great campaigner, but a poor prime minister. That's what his supporters、um, uh, might say. He was then replaced by Liz Truss, who'd obviously been only in the job for a matter of six weeks, and then she too, in the view of her MPs, was not up to the job.、Um, so this wasn't just about. The chaos of the last few days—it、mm. has a a longer backstory.、Mm. And this time, Sunak wasn't the Conservative Party's first choice, but Truss's plan failed, like you mentioned. What kind of a leader do Tory party leaders really want? Like, what makes Sunak the choice? I think that's a really interesting question,、mm. and it's a really difficult answer because, quite simply. It depends which kind of conservatives you talk to、um, when you ask them what kind of leader do they want. You will talk to some conservative 
members out in the wider country beyond Westminster who will tell you they want Boris Johnson back. Boris Johnson was the rightful um, winner of that parliamentary majority. Um, other people in that same party will be horrified and clearly were horrified at the prospect of his return to office. Uh, many people were horrified by Rishi Sunak's very blunt medicine in, in the uh, leadership campaign where he told the country quite simply, look, we have to make some very difficult choices. There are not going to be uh, tax cuts. There are going to be cuts to public spending. And clearly, um, a majority of Conservative members uh, looked at that prospectus and said, no, thanks very much. We'll have Liz Truss, uh, who promised, uh, her critics would suggest, pie in the sky of uncosted tax cuts, a huge uh, public spending round of gas support for rising energy bills for households. And um, the markets took long, one long look at that um, proposal for tax cuts for the rich and uncosted public spending that hadn't been audited by the Office for Public Borrowing in the UK and said, um, no, we're not, we're not having this. So the, the, the long answer, the long rambling answer to your question is that it depends who you talk to in the Conservative Party. At its heart, the Conservative Party probably wants Boris Johnson uh, but a man who would behave prime ministerially and not hold illegal parties during lockdown and was across the small detail. But that's not what you get with Boris Johnson. And the truth is, just at the moment, um, his critics would say what you need is not a campaigning prime minister. And Boris Johnson was very good at that. What you need is a details managerial accountant. And now the UK's got it in Rishi Sunak. Hmm. And in specific, Sunak and Truss were at polar opposites in terms of their tax plans during the leadership context. So talking about the instant economic challenges facing the new cabinet and how serious is the economic situation in the UK and what policies does Sunak have in mind to deal with those challenges? Well, it's less serious than it was. It's calmed down a little bit. There has been some uh, restoral of confidence, but there is still a long way to go. I mean, the brutal truth is that uh, this country, like many others around the world, uh, spent a fortune during the pandemic. Uh, it paused the economy. Well, you know, my dad used to tell me there's no such thing as a free lunch when I was a little boy. And the truth is the bills are coming back. We now have to pay for that raft of public spending. And the only way around that is for either uh, substantial swathing cuts in public spending or tax rises. There was going to be um, a budget statement, um, a financial statement in just a couple of days that had been in the diaries for quite some time. There is some suggestion in London, as I speak to you, that that may now be postponed um, whilst everyone each of these ministers looks at their portfolios and decides whether or not they can find more cuts and what will be acceptable to this very broad church of a coalition. Many of these people around Richie Sunak's cabinet table are not natural supporters, and he has to somehow politically keep them on side uh, whilst at the same time balancing the books. So you can imagine... Uh, it'll be a rather difficult morning in number 10 Downing Street, I imagine. Hmm. So uh, considering his background, uh, Sunak is now the youngest prime minister in the UK for over two centuries. And uh, considering his background, like his connections with the business world, uh, more about that, is he capable enough to unite the uh, Conservative Party? For example, some people are worried about his uh, background of being a rich businessman. 
Well, I think that's a really interesting subject. I mean, I, th- I think that one commentator in the UK uh, just uh, a couple of weeks ago suggested that no one is capable of uniting the Conservative Party. I mean, the Conservative Party does enjoy tearing itself to pieces, particularly at the end of uh, administrations. I mean, all political parties uh, arguably are the same. I mean, they have they have rival factions, and particularly when they've been in power a long time. And remember, in various shapes and forms, this Conservative government has been in power for a generation. And you are seeing the factions slowly plotting and tearing themselves apart. So, I mean, some commentators would tell you that virtually no one could unite the Conservative Party. He's tried to pull off um, quite a clever trick in, 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 in trying some sort of efforts to unite the party in that he's pulled in rival factions into his cabinet. So uh, he is surrounding himself by people who perhaps are not his ideological bedfellows, but he's hugging them close. Uh, you know what they say about politics, you know, hug your enemies um, and keep them close. And that's what that's what he's done. So maybe um, he he will, for the next few months, have done enough to unite those rival factions. In, in terms of your uh, suggestion about the difficulty of him explaining away his background, that's always very difficult for the Conservative Party. I mean, its critics will tell you the Conservative Party is seen as the party sometimes of um, wealthy people, the party of uh, the party of wealth. Um, his story is one of um, his critics would suggest um, entitlement. Uh, he's uh, he's been to a very expensive school. He's been to a very expensive university, and he's worked uh, in a merchant bank. Um, so he's going to be very conscious of the optics of trying to persuade people. He's the prime minister for the whole of the UK. Uh, rather than just for the wealthy. But, I mean, when he met the king to formally be appointed, I mean, he was in a room uh, with a monarch uh, who, um, it might be suggested, um, he was substantially richer. Uh, I mean, the king is, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. by some by some shape or form, uh, not as wealthy as Rishi Sunak, which mm-hmm. is an extraordinary thing to say. Yeah. Apart from, I mean, financial and economic situation, what other domestic and foreign policies can we expect from the Sunak uh, cabinet? I mean, the interesting thing about UK politics is the truth is, you know, personalities come and go in Downing Street. There is this broad swathe of continuity uh, in foreign policy that kind of stays the same. And I think you should expect little change on Ukraine. I mean, the new prime minister uh, phoned the uh, president of Ukraine within hours of taking office and uh, promised his ongoing commitment to Ukraine. That isn't going to change, nor is its cost going to change either. So I I don't think we should expect any change whatsoever in terms of Britain's foreign policy with regard to Ukraine. Mm. Uh, Looking back, what did Liz Truss do that made it uh, the shortest premiership in British history? I, I think the the, the, uh, the Liz Truss story is is very very simple. Um, in the view of her own members of Parliament, she was not up to the job. British politics is all about confidence, and her radical, uncosted tax cutting proposals plunged the UK into market turmoil. She suggested cutting the top rate of tax for Britain's wealthiest people, whilst at the same time um, offering a huge support package for households uh, underwriting rising energy prices for a number of years. And the truth is, um, that was unsustainable. Her finance minister uh, and the prime minister failed to consult the usual um, organizations who would oversee um, that kind of decision. I'm thinking in particular of the Office for um, Public Borrowing. Um, The consequence was the market simply looked at it and said, no thanks. So her finance minister was sacked. 
Uh, and, and on his departure, Prime Minister Liz Truss's political fate was also sealed. They were big mates. They were big friends going back a decade. And her supporters were left asking quite simply, well, what's the point of Prime Minister Liz Truss if her radical centre-right tax-cutting agenda is jettisoned? She is now lame duck Prime Minister. Uh, then her Foreign Secretary, Suella Braverman, uh, resigned, further putting pressure on Liz Truss. Now, Braverman was one of the Prime Minister's allies. And I think that for many MPs, uh, they saw um, this as the last straw, really. And you then have this process in the UK where members of Parliament submit no confidence letters in the Prime Minister to party managers. And their words sealed her face, Liz, Liz Truss's time as Prime Minister was over. She was an accidental prime minister, if you like, um, and she was also then beset by a number of well-meaning accidents. I mean, Richie Sunak's speech yesterday was quite interesting because he paid a fulsome tribute to her. And in some senses, they they have much in common. They are obviously conservatives. And in their heart of hearts, they are tax-cutting small state conservatives. But much of these things, as you know, are about timing. And the truth of the matter is in the middle of a cost of living crisis, the Conservative Party's membership in Westminster, not the wider country, was not going to tolerate the optics of giving a huge tax cut to the wealthiest people in Britain whilst offering unfunded tax cuts um, to, uh, to households for the next two years to help with their energy prices. And it was just too much. And she, she was forced out. The, the sums didn't work. Britain, uh, mm -hmm. in a sense, being run by the markets rather than its, its politicians. Mm -hmm. And we also heard uh, Boris Johnson made a brief appearance. Uh, he flew back to London, but eventually he put out of the leadership race. Uh, so what happened? Boris Johnson is surrounded by um, disciples and always has been um, for those of us who watched him closely for, for many years. And I, I think that he will have been told on his Caribbean holiday by his disciples back in London, look, there's a political crisis. Uh, Liz Truss is in trouble. Uh, it's time for um, the, um, the prodigal son to return. Um, they probably didn't do the numbers. And the truth is, something else changed at that point. Um, the Conservative Party has two ways, perhaps, of electing a leader in these circumstances. One, you simply ask the members of Parliament, the politicians in Westminster, to choose their next leader. Or, in the event of the MPs not being able to come to a decisive decision, which, in fact, they have in these circumstances, you then throw open the leadership competition to the wider UK membership. These are the folks all over the UK who pay their subs to the Conservative Party to be members of the Conservative Party. Boris Johnson probably thought if the competition went down and the contest went down that route, the membership in the UK might might have been more supportive than his members of parliament. Uh, the truth is he never had the numbers. It was as simple as that. There is another complicating factor about Boris Johnson's candidature in all of this story. And it is simply this, that Boris Johnson faces a parliamentary inquiry uh, in the coming weeks and months to investigate the behaviour in Downing Street of uh, illegal, and they are they were illegal parties during lockdown, where the rest of the country was mm. shut down, and uh, the the criticism and the allegation is that Downing Street was holding uh, parties uh, which were widely reported, which scandalised um, folks around the UK who couldn't visit dying relatives and elderly family members. The conclusions of that report would have come out when Boris Johnson might have been returning as Prime Minister. And for many Conservative members of Parliament, that was simply unacceptable. And clearly, Boris Johnson also saw 
that would have been impossible for him to bat off had he had the numbers of support of members of parliament. So I wouldn't write Boris Johnson off. I mean, the story of Boris Johnson is people always writing him off. I mean, and his great hero was Churchill, who was a great comeback merchant, who even came back to politics in his declining years as a very old man. So Boris might be back. Um, you never know. Mm-hmm. And oppositions have been calling for an early general election. I'm I'm curious、uh, who has the power. I mean, in the UK to initiate an early election, and and how possible this time? Well, oppositions in the UK are always calling for elections, usually when it's in their favour and their expectation to win them. And the truth is, the Conservative Party is tanking in the opinion polls, and is a long way behind the opposition Labour Party. However. Um, the opposition does not have the power to call an election. That's very much in the gift of the ruling party, or if its term has come to an end. The truth is, in the UK, you do not elect a prime minister; you elect a political party, and the Conservative Party's mandate runs for another couple of years. So there is no prospect whatsoever. Of this Conservative Party calling for an election、uh, until it's more confident that its losses won't be as bad as they look like at the moment. So、mm. that's that's not going to happen.、Mm. And talking about big picture,、uh, in less than one year,、uh, the UK already witnessed、uh, three prime minister,、uh, four chancellors, and some British people. We heard、uh, put it more dramatically,、uh, considering、uh, there are also two monarchs during this period. So、uh, if we look at from a longer Perspective: How unprecedented is this situation in the political history of the UK? I think in the UK broadly, people are much more supportive and fond of the monarchy, and certainly the late Queen Elizabeth, than they probably are of their politicians. I mean, you know, I, I think that by and large, if you went out into the streets of London today and、uh, asked a hundred people what the most difficult moment of the last、uh, year or so was in public life, they'd say they were sorry about the death of the Queen.、Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think um, um, people are rocked much by the sort of loss of、uh, poli- here today, gone today politicians. They don't have the attachment to them that perhaps they did to the monarch. But there's no question about it. I mean, this has been a tumultuous roller coaster in the UK:、um, the pandemic and then. War in Ukraine, the brink, the teetering of recession, and the death of the Queen have all been difficult things for this country to deal with.、Um, so th- there's there's no doubt that、um, it, it's been a tumultuous time. And you also mention、uh, British politics is largely about confidence. So beyond party members, how do British people and also the financial market see these、uh, these turbulence? And how much confidence do they still have on the、uh, Conservative Party? I think that question depends on what happens over the next couple of days. I mean, I, I think to an extent,、um, if you ask people what's happening to their mortgage rates if they go out and buy a mortgage today to buy a new home, things have calmed down a bit in the last 48 hours.、Um, so I think there is the start of a long road to stability. The next big thing to watch out in British politics、uh, is this budget statement that we were expecting next week, where we will have the detail. This time,、um, signed off by the、um, public watchdog, the、um, Office for Budget Responsibility,、um, and at that point,、um, you will have the hard detail on the road ahead.、Mm. And I think at that point,、um, there is no choice. I mean, it'll it'll be medicine that's very very unpalatable for households and for businesses, but it'll be necessary. And I think at that point, you will see the inevitable return to confidence and recovery because there's no other route. 
Mm. It's interesting to see the reactions from people in India about the、uh, about Sunak. So, how relevant is his、uh, immigrant background when we talk about his political future? I think I think it's an interesting story. I mean, you know, Sunak, or rather Sunak's wife's、mm-hmm. um, family, are huge、um, uh, business people in India. Very, very successful, wealthy、uh, Indian family, and of course, Britain's relationship with India is long and colourful. I mean, I've spent a lot of time in India. I've worked in India、um, uh, throughout my life,、um, mm-hmm. on and off. And I, <laughs> I'm not sure really that this、uh, windy wet island off the western coast of、uh, Europe really figures much in most ord- ordinary、um, Indians'、mm-hmm. economic ambitions. I think it's it's great optics. And if you looked at the newspapers in India yesterday, you will know that、uh, India is delighted to claim、uh, a reversal, if you like. Mm-hmm. I mean, the、uh, the colonial rulers、uh, now find themselves、uh, ruled. By、um, a man of、uh, British Indian descent, so、right. there is a, a delightful charm about the story. It remains to be seen whether or not that trade deal with India、uh, is rebooted.、Um, I mean, I, I'm not sure that it's top of India's agenda. I'm not sure it's top of Britain's, but it would be interesting to see if a, a British Indian Prime Minister changes the complexion of those trade negotiations. But it's some, it's certainly something to watch.、Mm. Thank you very much. Addressing concerns that Sunak may be out of touch with ordinary people due to his wealthy background, people in the UK had mixed reactions to his leadership. You can't understand what people who live on like twenty grand a year go through. So yeah, he's definitely out of touch, and I just don't really think that there is any hope that he's going to do anything to help poorer people. He comes into into office as not a particularly popular prime minister. But with a reputation for some semblance of economic competence, the problem will be: is he is seen as someone that's not broadly on the side of people? He's seen as someone that's broadly out of touch. But I think he's the, he will be able to sort us out. I think he's been in the right sort of jobs to understand all the intricacies of what needs to be done. That brings us to the end of this episode of Deep Dive. For more stories, you can subscribe to the show. You can also leave comments on your podcast platform about what you want to know about China and the rest of the world. This episode is brought to you by me, Suyi, and my colleagues Fei Fei and Holly Mei. Special thanks to CGTN Europe anchor and reporter Jamie Owen. See you next time.